And on this Canada Day long weekend, we're having quite the pan-Canadian show. We started in Ontario, then we went to Quebec. Up next was Newfoundland and Labrador, and uh, now we're in Alberta, the home of the Aristotle Foundation for Public Policy. It's a new think tank that aims to renew a civil, common-sense approach to public discourse and public policy in Canada. The executive director of the Aristotle Foundation for Public Policy is Mark Milkey, who just two days ago wrote uh, a piece in the Financial Post entitled, The Woke Utopians Are Wrong. Canada Should Be Celebrated. Dr. Mark Melke joins us this morning from his hometown of Kelowna, B.C. Mark, good morning. Great to have you back on the show. It's been forever. Good morning, Sterling. Thanks for having me, and uh, happy Canada Day, one day late. Well, you, you bet, and of course we get to celebrate all weekend long, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that now either, is there? Not at all. Look, Canada is worth celebrating for a number of reasons, but these days you often find people who look at flaws in history, which is not a surprise. Uh, Human beings are imperfect. You will find imperfect history. But it's really weird as applied to Canada, given that we were ahead of the curve on many of the issues that were once routine in human history, be it slavery, be it the non-emancipation of women, and so on and so forth. Uh, People these days, at least among the chattering classes, as I call them, I don't think this is a majority view among Canadians, sometimes denigrate Canada uh, as if they they look back and and apply a utopian standard to the past in a way the 20th century utopians used to look to the future, religious or Marxist or something, and think they could create a perfect environment in the future. It's even weirder to look at the past and think it should have been perfect. Uh, None of us is perfect today. Um, But more positively, look, Canada has been ahead of the curve for a very long time on many of the issues that were blights on human civilization. And we should remember that and, frankly, celebrate that. Now, let's talk a little bit. I'm just quoting uh, from your article the other day in the Financial Post. Today's reflexive Canada critics apply utopian thinking to the past. They look back and see that Canada's first prime minister, John A. Macdonald, or some other historical figure, Egerton Ryerson comes to mind, was imperfect and didn't have 2022 views in 1867. But why should we expect our predecessors to have been flawless? We certainly aren't. Or to follow 21st century policy procedures descriptions in the 19th century. This is, the, I suppose, the absurd point that strikes a lot of us uh, uh, as unacceptable. It's simply, it's, it's ridiculous, Mark, to expect people 150 to 200 years ago to be able to think in the same mode as we do today. It's absurd. Well, it also shows a bit of, uh, how can I put this, immodesty about our own positions today. And often it's, it's directed only towards you know, one group of people in the past as opposed to others. Uh, you don't see, for example, the same criticisms of uh, Pierre Trudeau, uh, even though he had what I would call very classical, liberal, and defensible views on matters of individual rights, and he applied them even to indigenous Canadians and was pilloried for doing so. Mm-hmm. So part of this is, you know, it, it becomes wrapped up in politics, which I don't think is helpful. Um, but it's not only that they didn't have our views back then, it's the wrong way of looking at history. Look, let's look at a clear issue, statues, uh, putting up statues or taking down statues around the country, or around the world. Mm-hmm. What's a good measurement for that or a good way to think about that? Is the person in question, did the person in question contribute to freedom to flourishing in their age uh, or not. If you're talking about Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler, Chairman Mao, the, arg- the answer would be absolutely not. Or a Southern Confederate war general All who right. fought to re- retain slavery. But let's look at Canada and our earliest governors, British governors. They actually fought to abolish slavery and did so by 1820. 
a half century before the Americans did, 150 years before Saudi Arabia outlawed it. So uh, let's look at Canada vis-a-vis uh, -vis the time that it was in and argue, were they successful in expanding freedom and flourishing? And I would argue, for the most part, the answer to that with many uh, past Canadian politicians or governors is yes. Let's talk a little bit about the anxiety one sees this weekend across the country, Mark. Uh, a lot of people, especially small town Canada, I was greatly relieved watching some of the national coverage last night. Uh, you know, in the big cities, there's all sorts of rhetoric and confusion and all the rest of it. But in a lot of small town Canada's, especially after a couple of years of pandemic uh, forbidding to do so, uh, they, they rolled out the little Canada, small town Canada Day parade, uh, complete with the Boy Scouts and the Girl Guides and, and the high school band and everybody loved it that's that was nice to see well it's it's positive that it's back and i was attending uh, an event yesterday with my my elderly mother here in Kelowna uh, downtown at the arena and it was a celebration of what canada has been and is and it was wonderful um the mayor i believe is is of east indian origin and um you know most half the crowd there was what we call i hate this word minorities but uh, that's you know that's that's the word you you use these days so mm -hmm. let's go with it um you know non-european types if i can put it you know more more positively you know in other words it, it you know the, the crowd reflected what canada is today and they were celebrating canada today and that's the proper way to look at it how did we get here right, in 2022. It didn't happen by accident. It happened because of great ideas that were not widely applied as they should have been in 1867. The ideas of John Stuart Mill on liberty, the ideas of Mary Wollstonecraft. These are British thinkers. The British get pilloried these days. But frankly, they had the right ideas when it came to individual freedom and liberty. The problem was they weren't granted to everyone from day one. Right. But that doesn't mean the ideas were wrong. The founding ideas of Canada as a liberal democracy um, are heading in that direction. So we should celebrate Canada for what uh, what the the initial ideas were and how they evolved over time to give people of every background, of every ethnicity, of every immigrant status, you know, rights in this country. So individual rights and law and policy. I mean, look, Canada today isn't perfect. Uh, you can look at the federal government or the D.C. government or any government and say, I don't agree with X, Y, or Z. Sure. I mean, that's a conversation for another day. Well, let's not define ourselves by politics in 2022 as opposed to where was Canada historically vis-a-vis -vis other nations? And uh, has it been, in general, a success story vis-a-vis -vis many other countries around the world? I would argue, yes, it certainly has. It's kind of difficult, too, at times, though, to feel celebratory when your uh, you're, you're leader, your example, as is in the government of Canada, uh, is really sort of not a very, very Canada-friendly outfit. We just never seem to be able to measure up to their exalted standards, and that allows them lots of opportunity to tell us that we just have to be better. We've just got to be better. We're not quite there yet. We just, and, and, of course, we're also a post-national country. I don't think the government of Canada likes Canadians very much. And it, it shows. And it shows yeah. in terms yeah. of angst uh, on weekends when sh we should be able to relax and have a little fun. Well, leadership matters, and the post-national idea is just, is just uh, nonsensical and contradictory. Every nation has to have a set of founding principles upon which it agrees. It's a bit like a car engine. I mean, look, you can have any model of a car out there, but at the, basic, at, the, at the very basic level, your car has to have an engine. It has to run. It probably has to use gasoline or electricity these days. Um, but if you don't have an engine that runs, you don't, you don't have a car. Um, 
Same thing with the country. You have to have a founding set of principles. And I think the founding set of principles, which really are about freedom of expression, freedom of association, freedom of religion, uh, so on and so forth, those were decent founding principles mm-hmm. in our Constitution in 1867 and since. Now, look, they're not always uh, applied. We've had plenty of arguments this past year about the restrictions, uh, about the Freedom Convoy, about the Emergencies Act. Uh, some of those I see as infringements on freedom, and other ones I think are justifiable. Sure. We have those debates, but let's not, you know, regardless of where you land on specific political and legislative decisions and policy decisions, let's not make that Canada. Canada, again, compared to what? Compared to Canada in 1920, compared to, say, China in 1920, uh, or 1949 under Mao when he took over, over the Soviet Union in 1917, uh, and us in Canada, where we just helped win a world war, we're finishing off a world war in 1917 and, and preserving freedom here and elsewhere. Um, we, we should celebrate Canada for many reasons and not forget, actually, that, of course, there have been hundreds, hundreds of thousands of our fellow Canadians of every background that perished in world wars trying to preserve freedom abroad and ultimately at home. So is Canada worth celebrating? It absolutely is. Uh, Otherwise, you wouldn't see 400,000 people a year coming to this country saying, look, uh, this is a marvelous place to be. And that that was what I was encouraged about yesterday at Canada celebrations in Kelowna. A lot of people get it. I'm not sure all the politicians do, but I right. think the average Canadian does. Interesting point, too, and it's a good one to make because politicians will happily divide us if it means uh, retaining power or, or, or accumulating power, uh, and they really don't care about anything else beyond that. Mark, great to have you back on the show. And as I said earlier, it's been forever in a day. Uh, congratulations on the, on the formation of the Aristotle Aristotle Foundation for Public Policy. Now that we know where to find you, we'll talk again soon. I look forward to it, Sterling. Have a wonderful weekend. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.